Welcome to the Idea Climbing Podcast. In this episode, the big idea is how to be of service to your network. My guest is Steve Lover, a high-impact business development specialist. He helps small business owners and CEOs increase both profitability and productivity. We discuss the difference between pleasing and being of service, how to make what you do so valuable that people will want to work with you and refer you, why you should embrace your uniqueness and other golden nuggets of advice. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you for being here, Steve. I appreciate you making the time. Sure, my pleasure. And I'd love to jump right in. Our last conversation you brought up, there's a, if you want to bring a big idea to life, especially an entrepreneurial idea, there's two things that you really need to know about, focus on, and take action on. And that was concept of service versus pleasing and creating value. Why don't we start with the concept of service versus pleasing? What is that? Why is it so important? Sure. Thanks, Mark. Um, let's put it like this. All of us have a concept of pleasing. As young kids, we went to the grocery store with our mother, and she said, if you behave really nicely today, I'll give you a lolly when we get home. And that's pleasing. And we grow up like that. We want to please our teachers. We want to please everyone. That's how we're taught. That's how school is set up. And we get into the business where we still want to please. And the problem is, pleasing is about you and about having people love you. So you keep doing things so people will love you like you care about you. Whereas service is not. Service is completely focused on the person you're dealing with. It's not focused on you. And so therefore, you're taking the camera lens off of you and what it means to feel good about yourself as opposed to how can I help and serve that person? And when you have that focus of serving the other person and doing something important and factual, intriguing for them, your the whole way you come out and the whole way you show up is different. What are a couple of examples of ways to serve when you say serving that person? So, so here's the thing, you know, when you, when you come across somebody that um, is not a really good candidate for your product, you're up front and saying, no, this isn't the right thing. If it is the right thing for the person, the person really needs, and they're backing off, you get a little bit more, not pressurized, but a little bit more passionate about how important it is for them. If you, I'm a business coach. So I used to have it when I would, I'm doing this for, you know, 15, 17 years, and I used to have something come up in a meeting that I'd look at it and say, you know, I can really help this person with that thing. And inside of me would say, hey, wait a second, maybe they're going to be insulted. They won't be, they won't hire you. And therefore I'm not going to go that way. And at some point I said, no, that's a mistake. That's not really serving them. The best way I can serve them is give them everything I got the first time I meet them and see if it's a good match. It's a good match and they'll be back. And if not, not. And I've actually had that happen where, for example, I had a client <clears throat> that, he ended up interviewing five different coaches and he came back to me. He said, you're the only guy who threw ice water at me in the first meeting. <laughs> you weren't afraid to say something difficult. And unfortunately, you weren't afraid to take me off. You weren't afraid to bring something up. And I really appreciate it. And actually was very impactful for me before I hired you. And you're the one I want to hire, even though you're substantially more expensive than all the other ones. So with the concept of service, it sounds like just being honest is a huge part of it. I mean, is that right? It's not just being honest, but what does that person need? What does that person want? What's going to increase the quality of their life? And, you know, the, the idea that I have with service really goes back to an old Jewish philosopher in the 12th century by the name of Maimonides. And Maimonides had a very interesting observation about the world. He said, all the other animals of the world, they basically grow themselves. 
they're born and they spend two weeks with their mom, with their mama bear or the mama lion or elephant, and then they're on their own. They find their own place to sleep. They find their own food, even if they do things as a, as a, as a group. It doesn't make a difference. They still basically take care of themselves. People, it's not like that. Actually, if you would take anybody and just take them out into the woods and leave them there by themselves, they'd probably die. Mm -hmm. We need each other for commerce, for housing, for clothing. But very, very, our society is totally interdependent, which nothing else in the animal world is. So your business, if you're bringing things, people to make their world better, you're actually serving, you're doing part of the purpose of the creation. The, the idea was that people will be interdependent. You know, God wants kids to have shoes and they want you to have food and housing. Mm -hmm. And so when you start looking at your business through that lens, it becomes different. Now I'm really doing something to bring to society, something I love doing and I'm making money at it also. And so when you come from that place, all of a sudden now, what I have is not for everybody. There's a lot of people that would not make good clients for me. And I don't try to make them clients. I try to tell them where they might find somebody that could really help them with the problem that they're having that I'm not the right match for. And I don't know about you, but I know myself when I deal with somebody and they treat me like that, I feel valued. Um, just a story again, I've told you this before, I think, Mark, I once went in for a test drive in a car and we get in, the salesman is next to me and he starts talking to me about torque and house horsepower and all the mechanics of the car. Well, man, I'm a total ignoramus when it comes to those things. I know nothing about it. But he had a great opportunity to speak to me. He could have asked me who uses the car? What did you like best about your last car? What did you hate most about your last car? How's the car going to be used? And find out totally about my situation. He could say, you know what? This isn't the right car for you. But I have a different one back at the showroom that I think will be much more up your alley. I'd love to let's take this back and let's go get that one out and take that for a ride because I think that's going to really fit your needs. Mm -hmm. Had he done that, I would have considered, I actually went, when we got back to Cleanse, I asked, you know, I asked to speak to the sales manager. I told the sales manager, you got to speak to the salesman because he's losing sales every day because people oh, yeah. are repelled by that. He came, he wants to tell me and sell me as opposed to find out what I need and help me fulfill that need. And service is about doing that. Service is really about finding what the person needs, what the thing that's going to help them, and creating your business around a whole group of people that have that same set of needs that you are uniquely in a situation to help them get that done. Well, and you touched on this a little bit, but what about the other key concept you brought up, creating value? So creating value is a very interesting thing. When you ask, I've asked hundreds of business owners, why should I do business with you? And I get all kinds of really interesting interests. I'm a good person. I'm a family man. I'm religious. There's all kinds of stories, except the one that's important. And the only story that's important is I'm going to give you value like nobody else does or in a way that nobody else does. And when it comes about value, it, it changes everything. You have to create value that somebody knows. Here's the thing. Very wealthy people, very poor people all expect $20 for $20. Just because somebody's mega wealthy doesn't mean that they, they're willing to take $5 worth of value for 20 bucks because they've got this whole big pile of 20s. They don't mind giving it out. It's not true. They want 20 bucks for their 20 bucks just as much as the, the, the very low-end person does. It's about how you create that value. How do you make what you do valuable? The people say, yes, I'm giving you some money that I made. And by the way, money means life because it took hours of my time to get this money to give it to you. So there's a piece of my life I'm willing to give you for the thing you are trading with me. And so if that value is there and there's something that means something to them above and beyond the value of the money, then they're into it. 
And if not, it's never going to happen. So when you when you speak to a, to a potential customer or client, it's about what value you're creating, what you're bringing to the table, that's 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 going to make their life better. And is it a series of questions that you ask them to uncover the value? I mean, what do you do? Like the salesman with the car did it all wrong. Yeah, he did it all wrong. Actually, most of us do it wrong because we speak about features and not about benefits. There were over a million drill quarter-inch drill bits sold last year in America. Probably substantially more, probably tens of millions. And you know what? There's not one person who bought that drill bit wanted a drill bit. Yeah. They all wanted a hole. They yep. wanted a perfect quarter-inch <laughs> hole. And you'd ask somebody here, sell me this drill bit. You want a great thing if you're looking to hire a salesman. Can you drill bit and say, sell me the drill bit? And most guys are, oh, it's a really good steel. It's really hard. Uh, you know what I mean? It's sharp. It's uh, made to last forever. And they're going to give you all the stories. None of that's interesting. What I want to hear is it makes the best quarter inch hole of any drill bit on the market. That's much better. And now I'm talking about what's valuable to me. That's what I want, a quarter inch hole. I don't care about the bit. The bit's just a way for me to get what I want. Can you just ask sense? people, why are you buying this or why are you interested? Or do you get that blunt or is that a bad question? I have no problem uh, asking that question. Uh, you know, it's funny. I do a little bit of work with kids at risk. So I once had one kid that was sent to me. I said, come on and sit down. You know, tell me why we're here. So he said, I'm not telling you anything about me until I know I can trust you. Wow. Hands folded. So I said, great. Uh, why don't you ask him what you need to ask me about me to find out if you can trust me? And we ended up speaking for two hours. And uh, that was a kid that I started working with him um, eight years ago. And I still speak to him. He still calls me. And so uh, it's just it's just an interesting. You, you, the people people sometimes don't know what they want. But if you're finding if you if you spend just a little time speaking to them, going a little deeper than the transaction, you get something much more important and much more impactful from them. And is it usually something personal? Sometimes, sometimes not. I mean, look, is buying a car personal? In a certain sense, it's personal, but I'm not, I'm not going to have to, uh, to tell you what, what happened to my therapist's couch last week to buy a car from you, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a little personal. It's not very personal. On the other hand, what I do with coaching, it gets very personal because the, one, the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. Mm-hmm. And so if your personal life is messed up, guess what? Your business life's messed up. If you look in your business and say something's not working here the way it's supposed to be, it's, it's slipping over into other areas and, and, and you're not getting the stuff done. So it's about creating value. What can I do for creating value? I'll tell you actually a very funny conversation I once had with a client. I once told a client that I will never be paid what I'm worth. I don't know if I ever told you the story, Mark. I don't think so. And the client had spent, I don't know, $35,000 a year before. And he started smirking and he said, how do you figure? And I said, well, you remember we spoke, you know, over the course of the year, we spoke, you know, twice a month. Inside one of those discussions, we spoke about a, a distinction between nice and kind. He said, yeah, of course, I love that. I use it all the time. It's changed the way I manage my staff. I, I speak to clients, to customers differently, and I speak to, to my suppliers differently. It's totally changed everything. I said, great. How long do you plan on using it? So the rest of my life. I said, well, how much do you think that's going to be worth to you in dollars over the rest of your life? He said, oh, I cannot put a dollar amount on that. So I said, let me get this straight. We worked for a whole year. We met at least twice a month, plus the work that I did with some of your management team. And inside one of those meetings was a 10-minute discussion that there was a distinction between nice and kind. 
And that distinction for you, you said you can't put a dollar amount on what it's going to be worth to you. And you ask me why I say I'll never be paid what I'm worth. And he smiled, said, okay, I get it. And he's still a client four years later. That's pretty good. Yeah, I love that story. So it's, it's about creating value when you understand what your value is. And that's actually a lot of people in, in, in my industry, in the consulting industry, watch more, they price by the hour how much they're worth an hour. And that's a dumb way to price because it's not you're not you're not getting paid for your time. You're getting paid for your value. I just spoke to a consultant a couple weeks ago. He was charging 190 bucks, and he was working in a business that he was coming to businesses that were falling apart and turning them around to million dollar businesses in a fat matter of a few months in the healthcare industry. And he thought 190 dollars an hour was a lot of money. And I said, it's not about your time. It's about the value. What was it worth for that company to turn around from almost going bankrupt to making a million dollars a year? He said, oh, over a million dollars. I said, right, so don't you deserve a portion of that? Not $190 an hour. And he was, wow, I never thought of it that way before. So and I get people all the time, what do you think you have a right to make the kind of money you do for an hour? And I said, it's not about my hourly rate. It's about what you end up with at the end of the discussion. And if I help your business make some tweaks and you're making hundreds of thousands of dollars more a year, so I'm not worth the money I'm charging. Mm -hmm. And they say, no, you are. And that's it. That's creating value. So creating value, you have to say, we, 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 we look a lot, and a lot of businesses do this. They look to see what the competitors are charging, decide to charge accordingly. When the deliverables are totally different. What's your deliverable that gets somebody to walk away and like, wow, I'm happy that I have a connection with this company. I'm happy to speak to these guys. I'm happy I have them in the corner. I can't wait to refer them to somebody else. And when you create a business like that, guess what? Your business can constantly grows. But if you have a, a, a instead of an abundance mentality of your business, you have a much more of a scarcity mentality. I got to be careful. Don't give too much here. Don't give too much there. Go, don't give too much on the other side. Then what happens is people find other people that really want to create value and do something spectacular for them. And it's, by the way, it's never about price. It is never, ever about price. Everybody thinks about price. I can tell you 90% of the businesses could up their price and not only would it not impact their bottom line adversely, it will increase it. Here's a big, a big thing about this, about creating value. The only time price is an issue for a customer is when you haven't given them a reason that they should work with you instead of the other person. Price is only all else equal. I'm going to buy a car. It's the same car at these four dealerships. Which one's got the best price? It's a commodity. It's not about anything I'm adding. But you know, when people say to me, well, price is the main thing that, 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 that moves people. Well, guess what? Then the cars that would be on the road would be, what was, what was the name of that old Russian car that was in America for a short period of time? Not, I can't think of it. Okay, but they, Chevy Chevette is not what's all over. And then they're much cheaper than all the other cars. But yeah. there's plenty of Lexus and BMW and Mercedes and Lincolns, and uh, there's not a lot of um, there's not a lot of Bentleys. But and, and there's a lot of more luxurious cars. And because people don't mind spending the higher money when they see there's higher value. Mm -hmm. Now you come and say I should buy the same car from you that I can get from him twenty percent less. You better give me a good reason what you're doing for me in that car that's worth that difference of money. And you can create that. In most businesses, no matter what you do, there is a way to create that value. When you can create that value and then communicate that value, you're, you're doing something really cool. Well, both the concept of service and creating value seems to tie into another thing we spoke about, embrace your uniqueness. Sure. 
what's the story behind it? How did you figure this out? What is it? So this is a huge story. And um, the, here's the thing. We as human beings have a nature. And that nature is to try to make ourselves look good. We don't embrace who we are. And we'll try to, I think there was one of the famous singers, I don't know if it's Barbara Streisand, that had some something that was somewhat unattractive about the dental work or something. And they were trying to sing in a way that they cobbled the dental work with, the, the, they covered their teeth with their lips, mm. which made for a very awkward sound. And some producer came over to and said, you gotta stop that, embrace who you are and belt it out. And they became this world famous singer because they just embraced who they were. And what happens is though a lot of times those things that we're ashamed of or we're trying to cover up are the things that are the most interesting things about us. Um, most people would never like to admit that they're ADD. Most entrepreneurs are ADD because mm -hmm. only ADD people go out and start things and try to do things when nobody else did them before. And so instead of embracing who you are, where you are, what you bring to the table and how you're different, the minute you start doing that, you're not part of the pack anymore. You're separate. And you have your own, uh, what's the word I want? You have your own attraction around you. And then when you create that with a market dominant position where you show how you're different and what you do different and what your value is, and you're not in, ple in, in pleasing mode, but you're in service mode, you become very, very powerful in the market. You stand out. Nobody else is like you. And when you have that position of standing out, and I'll give you an example of that in just a second, it's a game changer. Uh, one, one of my favorite stories is the Domino's story. Now, Domino's isn't kosher, so I've never ate the pizza. Okay. But I've heard that Domino's pizza at best is middle quality. Oh, at best, definitely. Okay. But Domino's did something really interesting. Domino's went and did a study to find out who buys the most pizza in the world. And you know what they found out? It's college students at two o'clock in the morning. And so Domino's said, okay, how can we convince them to buy our pizza? And Domino's came up with this great idea. You'll get your pizza within 30 minutes of ordering or it's free. Yep, I remember that. Every college student in the world at two o'clock in the morning said, let's go from Domino's and we hope that they're gonna come in at 2.31 and we get a free pizza off the deal. But basically, they took something that they didn't have any competition. Everybody else did it. Everybody else, nobody else could do what they were doing. And they, were so, and they went from number four to number one. Imagine they didn't speak about the cheese. They didn't speak about the sauce. They spoke about something the customer really wanted, which was pizza fast at an uncomfortable time. Nice. And it propelled them to number one. Now, every business has got a, a, a market-dominating position in them. And if you ask somebody what makes you different than your competition, he says, because I'm a really nice guy, you're missing the boat. Mm -hmm. You're totally missing the boat. There's something you bring to the table and value or service that is completely different. And by the way, people that say what's different about you is our quality and service, that doesn't mean squat either. I actually have three tests for that. And this is for any ad you ever do. You have to answer these three. You have to pass these three tests. Test number one is the dot test. So when you see an ad from a dentist that says, we get your teeth clean, my action to that is, duh, I hope so, you're a dentist. That's what dentists do. If you can't get my teeth clean, you shouldn't be a dentist, mm -hmm. right? So there's a dot test, everybody does that, right? There's a, um, uh, what do you call, platitude test, the second test. 
And there's no words that don't have specific meaning. So when they say quality and service, what does quality and service mean? It means you'll be here in 20 minutes if I call you. Does it mean that you're, you have a um, hundred more service people than anybody else? Does that mean that your guarantee is twice as strong? What does quality and service mean? The words themselves are, are, are laughable. They're so mean. And people say, them, well, our service is different. That doesn't mean anything to me. And then finally, the last one is who else can say it? Mm -hmm. And that's you'll see in the Domino's thing. Was it a dough? Was it delivering pizza at 30 minutes, regular pizza? No. Was it a platitude or specific? Very specific. Could anybody else say it? No. And that made for a killer campaign. And so whether it's your market dominating position, whether it's your ad or your radio ad or your television ad, whatever, however you're getting things out, your message, it's about creating that market dominating position message. Well, we've covered a lot in a short amount of time. Someone's like, okay, I have a big idea. I, I love what you said. And I love a lot of what you said. But I, I need to get started a little bit slow. What if, if you told them to just do one thing, whether it's something we spoke about to reiterate or something we haven't touched on yet, what would you say if you want to do that, do this, if nothing else, to get started? Start embracing who you are. And okay. stop, stop looking around and see what you think people are going to think about it. Because that's never the same thing. When you are willing to stand out and be honest to who you are and say it as it is and bring the value like that, your whole world changes. There becomes an integrity about who you are that people feel when they speak to you. It just sees out your pores. And when I'm trying to make myself something that that guy's going to like, and I'm trying to contort myself accordingly, it's going to be difficult. And the minute I can really embrace who I am, embrace my uniqueness and say, okay, how am I going to take who I am and serve people properly and forget about having to be pleasing, which is part of the same thing, my world's going to change and then getting the message out. Excellent. And if people want to find you online, what's the best place to go? They can go to bluemountainbusinesscoaching.com or bluemountainbusinessacademy.com. If you go to the Academy site, there's a free download of a book called Grow Your Business. Uh, everybody's uh, more than welcome to go and pull that down and take a look. I have a couple of podcasts that are up on the website also if somebody wants, but besides yours, Mark, and then um, they can reach out. I'm, I love to connect with people on LinkedIn. Anybody can get my, my LinkedIn, um, uh, what's it called, portfolio profile and connect with me through LinkedIn. And if there's somebody that needs something, I'm always uh, interested in serving any way I can. Excellent. On LinkedIn, that's looking up Steve Lover, L-O-V-E-R. Correct. Thank you again so much for the time, Steve. I appreciate it. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you, Mark. So have I, and we'll keep in touch. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I also hope that you'll subscribe to the Idea Climbing podcast and rate us on iTunes. Visit ideaclimbing.com to learn more about idea climbing and hear more episodes about mentoring, marketing, and big ideas.